Olofsson up the left wing side with a shot and he scores. Three power play goals for the Americans. 12 minutes and 50 seconds into the game. Just 33 seconds separating the goals from Redmond and Olofsson. High slot feed a shot. They score Olofsson's second of the night. Another ripper into the top corner. How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke, and I'm joined by Joe, as always, for the Charging Buffalo podcast. Uh, Joe, how are you on this morning? I am doing very well, mostly because the Amherst throttled the Utica Comets last night, Mm -hmm. so that was fun. Nice regional rivalry there. Yes, and one thing that was not fun was the past three Sabres games since we last had an episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast. so Right, and the funny thing is, there was a win in one in those, yes. and that win was not a very good win. It was not a good game at all. Um, should we start with the games right away? Yes. We're up top? Yes. All right, well, you didn't see the Avalanche game, did you? I saw part of the Avalanche okay. game. It was ugly. It was it, very, very ugly. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, yes. More of the same from last year, defensive breakdowns in the first period. We are out of it after 20 minutes. Uh, Carter Hutton stood on his head until pretty much the last it, five or so minutes, and they gave up two breakaways, and then that's yeah, it. well, even in the first period, Hutton was the reason that game was zero zero for even the first five minutes, yeah. and then I think his will—you could see his will kind of break when he realized, okay, I'm not going to get any help from these guys, so let's just throw caution to the wind, and he lets up three goals, and it wasn't so much him letting them up, but the defense letting him down, that is. So, Sabres lost that game 6-1, to one. two really bad breakdowns in the third. It was 4-1, um, Kyle Pozo got a goal taken away. Guy can't catch a break, quite mm. frankly. He's got, what, three points now? Three assists? Kyle Pozo, I think he's, people like to bag on Pozo, but I feel like he is far from their worst problem absolutely at the moment opozo is a good player it's amplified by his contract okay his, yes. his problems are amplified by his contract that's the only thing bad about him in my opinion he's a good player and he's playing out of position too he's yeah. a third line player i think we just need to come to accept that at this point mm-hmm. but he's playing on the second first line some nights so right and he's still on the first power play and people are gonna i i don't think he should be on the first power play at all but i don't know I give the guy a chance, but I feel like he's been given many chances, but he he's not going to be he's not a 6 million dollar player anymore, no. but no. he's still a good player. He's a locker room guy. Yeah, exactly. He he just <clears throat> he has been the player with the most hard luck on this team, the medical issues, other injuries, having a goal taken away flack from the fans having to live up to that contract um I mean, he's probably he's got to put in a bad spot by tim murray i mean someone throws 42 million dollars however much it was at him i get the contract mixed up all the time what are you gonna do say no yeah. <laughs> like so uh i'm sure you know if you look back oposo was one of the the best free agents that year he was yeah he was, it was there was him, him and lucic that was it right those were the two big names and but you look back at that free agent class, what a mess. Lucic, mm-hmm. $6 million. 
already a bust. Uh, Oposo, six million, already a bust. And even still, I know we're kind of we, um, this is just a little sidebar about Oposo, but like if you ask me, do you really want Oposo on this team? Yeah, I want him in that locker room and I want him on the ice because he's better than he's still better than a whole lot that's out there. He can still terms. play. Yeah, absolutely. He can still play, but well, two three years from now it's going to be ugly. But Keep in mind, lockout. Last lockout. Right. Lockout's going to come. I think it's inevitable. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And how many lockouts have we gone through now? It's like three? In the Batman era. Yeah, there's one in the 90s. Three. There's yeah. 94, 95. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the last lockout, the compliance buyouts, mm-hmm. they allowed teams two buyouts where there would be no cap penalty. It would be a free buyout. Sabres used both of theirs on Billy Lano and Christian Erhoff. So... By what? When's the lockout gonna be? 2020, 2021? Yeah. Okay. So in theory, within that two-year span, if that yeah. happens, mm-hmm. the Sabers can use a compliance buyout on Kyle Poso, and that matches up perfectly with when Dowling is gonna be needing his big contract. Reinhardt is gonna need another extension if he's still here. Uh, Middlestat, if he gets a big contract, their first-round pick this year, if they're picking high, which mm-hmm. realistic possibility. So. You never know, and Berglund as well. We're gonna probably talk about him. Oh, we'll we'll talk about him already. Comes along, mm-hmm. but uh, he he's gonna be a headache too, and they might yeah. be able to use another compliance on him as well. So now yeah. that's just wishful thinking, thinking that they're gonna bring the compliance buyouts yeah. back, but just keep that in the back of your mind because if there's word coming out that they might bring him back for those buyouts back, they're not gonna buy out Oposo or Berglund or mm-hmm. anybody else. They're just going to wait until that year comes along so there's no cap penalty. More on Berglund later, but back to this Avalanche game. Lost in the shuffle here. Rasmus Dahlini got his first NHL points. Yes, yes. Nathan Beaulieu's goal. And Nathan Beaulieu is, well, I th- I don't think he's been that bad. He I hasn't. really don't no, think he's absolutely been that not. bad. I, I don't know. Listen, I've always liked Bullyu. I That's why whenever he had a bad year last before the year, season, but he really hasn't been that bad. Before the season started, and we were saying, you know, does Bullyu get waived? I was always like, no, no way, because he's still. I think he's still an NHL caliber player, in my opinion. He's been far from the worst thing on the defense. Um, you could argue that Ristolainen has had worse uh, moments than him at times this season. Such as the allowing the breakaway pass right over his head, pretty much. From what I remember, I think it was right over his head. Uh, it was either the McKinnon one or the 6-1 breakaway goal. But Ristolainen allowed one of those really bad breakaways. They were pretty much both the same breakout pass and same corner and same everything. They are identical plays and within like two minutes of each other. So Sabres lost that game 6-1. Yikes. Nathan McKinnon is a god. McKinnon, man, you know, this might be really silly, okay? But it might lead to another question. McKinnon or Landis Cog? Oh, my God. McKinnon. McKinnon. Yes. What is Landis Cog particularly praised for? What is his skill set mostly? Oh, my God. Is he a defensive guy? Is... I, you know, to be honest with you, Landis Cog is like, he's an underrated player because like, yeah. Cause I, like, I saw something about him on Twitter. I think it was a poll. Someone was asking if he was elite or not. I'm like, my God. Like, I don't think about Gabriel Landeskog at all. He was a second, I think, was he a second overall pick or third? Yeah, I think it was second overall pick. I got to think about this. Yesterday I was taking out the trash at work. And I got to thinking, I thought that, I asked myself the exact question. 
Is Gabriel Landeskog elite? Like, what is, what is the... He, I wouldn't call him elite, but he's a really good player. Like, what is what does the hockey world think of him? You know? <laughs> like, yes. It, it's like, like, when did he become an I afterthought? Would, Matthew Shane is hot, more highly thought yeah. than him, I think. Yeah. But that line, Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Pray that the Sabres can somehow run out a line like that in the next couple of years, because <laughs> that is just... I think it's the best line in hockey. One of them. Colorado. You know what? I didn't have a problem with this loss because Colorado is a team that we should have lost to. Like they're they're so deep. Rantanen is a beast. Still, uh, still. The goaltending uh, is good. Vladislav Kamenev. Mm-hmm. I think is this his first year with them or uh, um... he got traded. He was a part of the Duchesne trade. Oh right. Okay. Yes. From Nashville. He looked pretty good. Their defense is impeccable, and they have more on the way with Kel McCarr. And uh, uh, well, Connor Timmons. Connor, Connor Timmons, Timmons, yeah. As well, the first pick in the second round two years ago. Their goaltending is superb. Semyon Varlamov is still great, in my opinion. He stonewalled us. And they have the Ottawa pick. Yeah, and, and they have Ottawa the Ottawa doing pick. surprisingly well off the start. But Brady Kachuk's out for a month, and Kachuk is having a... Had a great start up until he had a laceration in his leg or whatever. Imagine a world where... The Avalanche reversed the Duchesne trade at the trade deadline to get him back for the playoffs. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. That would have never happened. Uh, where were we, though? R- remind me about Duchesne later, because mm-hmm. I have a, a hypothetical Okay. perhaps later on. Um, okay, next game, 3 nothing win against the Arizona Coyotes. Could not watch this because the MSG Go app is terrible. Who you? Oh, you know what? You miss Kachina Saturdays. Yeah, that's what you missed. That that was the best part about this game, other than Linus Allmark's first career shutout. Rasmus Dahlin's first NHL goal. Rasmus Dahlin's first goal. Um, it's a tap in, but Skinner did all the work. It was it was good. This was good Jeff game. Skinner's best Skinner's game yet. Breakout, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing how we have made Skinner just look like another guy, mm. which. We'll get into that with our our Housley talk later. That springs something to my mind. But Skinner finally gets a goal. Beautiful goal. Beautiful assist by the... I'm trying to think of an adjective for Rasmus Ristolainen other than inconsistent, something with some alliteration to it. But, yeah, Skinner gets on the board. Got an assist on the Dahlien goal, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Kind of... He, like, tried to wrap it around a little bit, got yeah. tied up in the post, and Darlene tapped in. But good on Darlene for getting up into the play and doing that. You don't really see a defenseman get in front of the net that much. And up until the most recent game against the Golden Knights, Darlene was perfect for the most part. He hadn't made a mistake. He was really good. Um, more on this Coyotes game, though. Um, Connor Sherry scored again. Connor Sherry, yes, impressive player. That line has been really good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Connor Sherry's per- such a good player. He is. For, and to get him for a fourth, third round pick, he's gonna be like. Trade. If this team ever goes anywhere, imagine he'd be like the Adam Graves to Mark Messier. You know, like the Please. the tiny guy. You know, <laughs> jam it in there. Um, but we. For the most part, got dominated offensively. I've been writing these good, bad, ugly articles, and the recurring theme throughout them, and the thing that 
drives me crazy every day. I'm sitting there and I'm I'm just on YouTube or something, but my mind keeps going back to oh, this team can't get any shots on goal. And the Coyotes battered us for the most part. The Sabres have been battered all year in their own zone. A big thing in my mind, which I don't know if this is a term that I came up with or something or that nobody else just cares about, is zone time, okay? The Buffalo Sabres get nothing in terms of time in the other team's zone on offense. We are... This team does nothing for me five on five. Oh, yeah. We're brutal. Nothing. We we play defensive hockey. It's like, okay, it looks like World War One out there. It's like we, 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 we bury ourselves in a trench and we defend. And we, we, we wait for something to happen. The neutral zone is no man's land. And we all oh, don't dare go into the offensive zone because you're going to get killed, okay? Your head's going to get taken off. That's what this team reminds me of. It's like General Bismarck or whatever, Bismarck from <laughs> Germany's... I'm going to call... You know what? Let's call Housley Bismarck. How about that? Because clearly, more on Housley later, it can't be the players anymore, okay? But we'll get into that. Um, it's This problem really stood out to me in this game that we just... We can't do anything with the puck. We dump it in. Eichel takes on three guys at once. Um, it's just... Go through my Twitter timeline for the Vegas game. And that pretty much illustrates exactly how I feel about this team at the moment. Do you have any thoughts on that, or have uh, you noticed this? Have you yes, noticed how? Yes, they. I'm I'm like screaming they, at a the wall. Past, the past couple games, it's just ugly. Like mm-hmm. their power play has not gotten anything going. What, what were they? Zero for seven in this game. Zero for seven. Vegas? And then they no, were 0... that was Colorado. Okay, they were zero for yeah. seven in Col- against Colorado, and then they were what zero for six against Vegas. Yeah, that's I believe so. Inexcusable. For the players of the talent that you have on this team, you should never go 0 for 6 or 0 for 7 on a power play. And That's just unheard of. A big contributing factor is our inability to pass the puck. Yes, and nobody our, can pass the puck. And our breakouts. Rasmus Dahlin is the only, and Sam Reinhardt too, but you don't really see him uh, showcase his passing that much. <laughs> but nobody can pass. The, like, the second or third best passer in the organization is in Rochester, Lawrence Pilot, who for some reason is still down there. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to get into Pilot later when we talk about the Amherst, but, like, come on. Reinhardt never has the puck either. Yeah. Can't give him the puck. Because they can't pass. Can't pass. Exactly. Rasmus Dahlin, I think he has the only tape-to-tape pass that I've seen this yes. season. Yes, he, he is the mm-hmm. only player... That can make a breakout pass mm-hmm. and can make a tape to tape pass. That's it. That's it. There's an argument to be made that he's the best player on the defense. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. And I know that people think that Rasmus Ristolainen is a number one, number two defenseman. He's not. Rasmus Ristolainen is not a true top pairing defenseman. He's been a top pairing defenseman on this team, but. Whether you like it or not, he has been played out of position his whole entire career in Buffalo. His, the whole entire time. He is not a top-pairing defenseman. I don't think he'll ever be a top-pairing defenseman. And I think people are finally starting to realize that he has had some ugly games this year, but he's also had some really good games mm-hmm. so far. So I think the best thing for Ristolainen is to play him on the second pair, go out, try and find a 
really good stay-at-home defenseman to play with Darlene in the future. Hopefully a young guy, if, if possible. Maybe that comes in the draft. Maybe it's in a trade. Who knows? But they need to get Ristolainen on the second pair, one way or another in the next couple of years. I know they're going to try and ease Darlene into it, but by season's end, I think Darlene will either be with Ristolainen or or they'll just keep him on the second pair and just kind of take it slow. I think it would have helped if we went after a guy like Mike Green probably in the mm. offseason. Like if... Mike Green. Like, I think... Because uh, he was... he. If, was he I, re-signed mid-season? I'm or? not sure if... Uh, I feel like he, he hit the free agent market and Detroit just signed him again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... that's there's a lot of injury problems there, but Green's a, Green's a nice player. How old is Mike Green? He's got He's in his 30s, 30s now. Yeah. 30, 33 probably. 30 mm-hmm. something. Let's move on to the Vegas game. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I couldn't catch the first or second period because I was at work, but... Yeah, take... Take it away. <laughs> I'm going to just go to my Twitter to, like, kind of... Refresh your memory. Refresh my memory. But it got to the point where it was 10 minutes in. I was considering this tweeting. I was considering tweeting this five minutes into the game, but I said, 100% we are not winning this game. <laughs> because we looked that bad. It was, you know, we've seen enough of it where I could see the signs early on in the game because I, I just I know how these games turn out this team has no fight when it comes to being down by a few goals if you put the Sabres down two nothing they're not coming back okay they they, they haven't shown me any what also <laughs> I want to bring up the point where if they have a lead they just sit on it exactly yes. oh yes. I'm happy you brought that up because that that was, that the, was root. the Coyotes game that was the root of the problem you you it, again back to World War One. You gain a couple inches of land, and that's it. You sit there and you're just trying to defend it. And that's 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 just. I'm sorry. That's not the way teams play. Not anymore. Th- not it's not how teams play anymore. Like we are the. Why are the Bills and Sabers the like antithesis of offenses in their respective sports? That's, We're so behind true. the times. It's true. So behind the times. But yeah, that was our problem against Arizona. We sit on the lead, and then when we don't have the lead, we—I don't know if we're not good enough or what's going on. Again, more on that later. Why can't we attack and get the lead? Now, man, that was just—it was a really bad day for me overall. But Vegas—they destroyed us. Mark Andre Fleury is. Amazing. He's Mark Andre. Was Mark Andre Fleury a uh, Sabres killer yet? Because oh yeah, every time. Oh absolutely. Every yeah. time they face Fleury, he just shuts them down. Besides the first uh, matchup with Sabres in Vegas this year, he he owns us. Yeah. Even he's he's owned us. But since in fairness, he, the Penguins have also owned the Sabres since yeah. Crosby. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm I'm just I'm I'm just going through my tweets. Uh, we've got to be the worst possession team in the league. They constantly I mean, give up possession. Constantly. Yeah. Like, why are you dumping the puck? Uh, in? This isn't 1975 anymore, where you dump and chase. We the can't. The key to winning in the NHL is fast and puck possession. Mm-hmm. You can't win when you don't have the puck. You can't. Like, you just to, you need to keep the puck. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think they have the defensemen for that. Honestly, at this moment Mm-mm. in time, but someday, hopefully, that 
that can come to fruition, but who knows? I just I just don't think they have the players to play a puck possession game right now. You, and I don't know if it's got it's, it falls on the players, but I honestly at this point I think it falls on the coach as well. Yeah. Because he's got to be preaching hold on to the puck, stop dumping it in. We're but, getting into housing now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um here's what hit me. Let me try and I'm just trying cuz I let out so much of my anger in this this Twitter barrage that it's having a hard time coming to me now, but pretty much, what does this team do in practice? What do they do? Do they practice the fundamentals? Because it, we, we aren't carrying over much game over game, much improvement. There's a reason we haven't improved, and if we want to say it's the players and like they aren't buying in or something, that is directly related to the coach mm-hmm. and his ability to get this system onto them and get them working, if you will. Uh, it It's all falling on Housley at this point because it's his system. The, you don't just – players don't just go out there and play how they want to play. They have to follow a system. Um, and I think more of the blame is, is, is really falling on him. And I hope, I hope more of this comes to me and hits me like it was a few days ago. But it's, it's really falling on Housley at this point. In my opinion. I'm not advocating that they should fire him at all, but he, I'm starting to question if he is an if he's over his head or if he is a true NHL head coach or not. Mm-hmm. Because last year it was clear, like they just did not have the talent. They were terrible. They did not have the depth. They just had nothing. Mm-hmm. Like most of the players. Like there's like five players that aren't even in aren't even playing anymore. That's how bad it's been for them last year. Now, on paper, again, on paper, this team is drastically better. Mm-hmm. On paper, I can't express that enough. On paper, they're better. So in theory, they should be able to make a pass. Yeah. Not dump the puck in every time. Constantly give up possession. Not get out shot. Uh, be able to score on the power play. Like, they should be better, and that falls on the coach, and clear. I know they're not, this isn't a finished product by any means, but he has, Housley has not given us any reason through how many games, 80, was it 90 games now? Yeah, clo- yeah today clo- will be close, 90 games. Yeah, 90 games. Mm-hmm. He has given us no, no reason to believe that he can coach in this league. Right. And it's annoying that... Every two years, the Sabres have to fire a coach or fire a GM and move on. But at the end of the season, there's gonna there might be some very good coaches available, and they have to at least keep that in the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. If the Blackhawks miss the playoffs again or even finish in the bottom five, that's even possible. They're having a decent start, right? They are, yeah. Uh, Joel Quinville is probably going to get fired. I bet Bowman... Gets the door, too. Mm-hmm. Gets shown the door. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux, if Minnesota falls falls short of the playoffs, you got to believe that he's mm-hmm. dead man walking, especially with Fenton as the GM. He's not a Fenton guy. He, mm-hmm. They kept Boudreaux off of uh, Fletcher's staff. But those are two guys that you mean to tell you you'd rather have Phil Housley as a coach over two guys who – Make the playoffs every year. Quinville and Boudreaux what about, make the playoffs um, all the time. 
Boudreaux, it's like having acquiring a top six forward. He, he, mm-hmm. His teams always score. Mm-hmm. Always. They always make the playoffs, but the thing with Boudreaux is they never can move on in the playoffs. Right. But I think that's more of just his teams. All of his teams were flawed, correct? Yes, Yeah. definitely. But with the, with the group that the Sabres are building here, it's something special, and I think that the national media is starting to realize that now. What about John Cooper? John Cooper in Tampa. That's a possibility mm-hmm. as well. Like, mm-hmm. there's gonna I'm be. I'm a big fan of him. There's gonna be some some options out there. If mm-hmm. Housley can't prove it this year, you gotta start thinking about moving on. I'd take John Tortorella at this point. No, I, I you wouldn't. Mm-mm. I want a drill he just, sergeant. He just signed an extension. He though, did. I, think. Yeah. I, I know that, but um. I want a drill sergeant to kind of beat some sense into these guys. I mean, then again, though... I think Quenville would be good for that. Yeah, Quenville is... I mean, he's a winner. He's won... He won in St. Louis. He won... He didn't win a cup in St. Louis, obviously, but he he won presence trophies there. Um, He's he's done on... This sounds bad, unspeakable things in Chicago. We all know what he's done there. Um, But I think it's, it's not the players drilling the system into the guy's head okay they're not they're not telling each other what to do it's ultimately the coaches that are telling them how to play and how to do things so this this all falls on housley quite frankly mm. unless he's just lost control of the locker room and which, i find that hard to believe yeah already mm-hmm. like well, how many games in are they seven yeah yeah but anyways i don't think they're gonna make a mid-season coaching change unless things just go off the rails, they lose like 15 games in a row, then like at that point you just, you got to make a change. If this team is 5-10 and 10 at the 15-game mark, what do you think? I, at that point, I think if they're like 5-20, and 20, something just absurd. Right. I think it would take them losing like 15 games in a row. I think that's what it would take for them to have to make a mid-season coaching change. Mm-hmm. And then, what are you going to do? I, I, people bring up Daryl Sutter. I just, mm, no thanks. No. I, no. I don't want Daryl Sutter, but I think, I don't want Davis Payne or Chris Height being the coach either. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, or who's, I forgot the guy, the new guy from Carolina that they brought in. I don't, I just don't see them being a head coach. Oh, Steve Smith? Yeah, Steve Smith. No. I would, if it were me, I would bring up Chris Taylor from Rochester. If then, of course, this is if they make a midseason coaching change. I don't think they will, but anyways, just for hypothetical purposes, they bring up Chris Taylor and see what he has, mm-hmm. just to see what he has if he can coach at the NHL level. Because remember, Boston did this when they fired Claude Julien. Mm-hmm. They brought Bruce Bruce Cassidy, and then they made a surge, made the playoffs, and now Cassidy is their head coach. Do the same thing with Chris Taylor if that. If Housley does get fired midseason, and then you can keep him as head coach next season, and if it doesn't work out, you bring him down to Rochester again, and then you bring in some one coach that gets fired. I I don't. Yeah. What do you think uh, about a guy like uh, Pete DeBoer? Pete DeBoer. Do you think he's safe if they don't go uh, far? I think he's safe. I think so too, just because he's taking them to yeah. a cup. Oh, Todd right? McClellan. I think he would be he'd be another, another available option. option. I think mm-hmm. McClellan's a fine coach. He's yeah. They I Edmonton is getting have killed them. by their GM. They don't have the players either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but segueing from Chris Taylor, we want to talk about Rochester now. You, can I just make one more point? Yes. I'm sorry, this just hit me. 
Another thing that points to this being on the coaches, the new better players are still making the same mistakes that in this system that the guys last year were making. Mm. So that reflects on Oh, we never talk about Patrick Berglund. Right. Vegas game. Right. Uh, well, he wasn't practicing, as far as I know, a few days he, ago. I think he was practicing. I'm not sure. He but, wasn't, uh, like, in the line drills, though. Yeah, was... he was, like, switching in and out with Ramielli. Right. And so... then Larson was an extra D pair with Nelson. That's good. Yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Ship him off to Sweden. Yeah. But, yeah, did you you saw... I saw a clip of the goal. I didn't see it live, but oh, that first goal, like, Berglund just sleeping in the defensive zone and just, like, mm-hmm. dives as, like, he leaves his man wide open. Like, yeah. come on. You gotta be better than that. Uh, I mean, see, defense in front of the net. It has followed us like a dark cloud these last two seasons now under Housley. I don't remember much of the Bilesman era anymore, but it's definitely been your last two seasons. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay, Rochester. What's their record now? I think they're, they've played six games. I think they might be three and three. I'm not sure. I'll check. But Imagine what they'd be without Olofsson. Victor Olofsson is, he is, like, I'm not going to say too good for the AHL yet, but he has been dynamite for the Rochester Amherst. Yes, they won 6-1 to one against the Utica Comets yesterday. Victor Olofsson absolutely put on a show. Two goals, two assists. And poor Rasmus Asplund. Asplund, he got credited with a goal and also had an assist. And both were taken away. Both were taken away. His goal, like, you could tell that it was probably going to get taken away because uh, McWilliam took a shot from the point, mm-hmm. and then it, like, deflected off of uh, O'Regan's stick. And mm-hmm. then pe- they thought that it deflected off of Asplund's stick as well, but it never deflected off of Asplund's stick. And the O'Regan got credited with the goal. And then his assist got taken away as well, and they got switched to Lawrence Pilot. And that was uh, Asplund's first uh, point in the AHL. But luckily for Asplund, he made a nice pass to Alexander Nylander. And Nylander ripped the shot past Richard Bachman. And he, oh, my God. Yes. And he finally got his first pro point. So good for him. He had a nice game yesterday. Nylander played well, too. Nylander's got seven points in six games. I've begun thinking about getting that subscription, that $10 oh, subscription. It, it's know. worth it. It's $60. Mm-hmm. You can watch. Just to watch all of All of the Amherst games, only $20 more, 80 bucks to watch any AHL game you want. It's easy. It's, it's a good app. It's definitely, it's definitely worth it. Uh, Brendan Gooley, <laughs> he is taking a step back. Okay. I, I hate to say it, but I think he's taking a step back. He did have an assist yesterday. But I'm just not seeing it. He didn't look good. I'm, he didn't look bad, but he did not. Like when you would watch him in Rochester last year, he would stand out. He, I saw I, somebody tweeted out a gif of him like spinning in front of the net, like he went in front of, uh, in front of Wedgwood, like he went from behind the net, like circled in front of him, and like almost like scored on himself, and then Wedgwood had to cover the puck, like. What are you doing? Oh, God. Yeah, like, it's... Pilot is a lot better than Brennan Gould. Yeah. Pilot is a lot better. I think it's undisputed. If there's an injury, Lawrence Pilot's coming up. Please. I, I don't think that there's any debating that. If Bogosian gets hurt again, I mean, knock on wood, I think 
Lawrence Pilot should be the guy and keep Casey Nelson in the press box. Bogosian looked really slow. Yes. Like, he's... <laughs> let's see how it turns out against the Sharks, but he looked really slow. Well, remember, he hasn't played He's in a had long a plot, and he had a he hip injury. Played, yes. That's hard yes. to come back from. Zach Bogosian. Just <sighs> get healthy, man. Didn't he get hurt, like, in the first five minutes of the game, too? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, this game? No, in the in the, in the Knights game. Oh, God. I don't know. I, I think somebody told me, like, oh, he was slow getting sh- right to the bench. Oh, no. But he, he practiced yesterday, though. He practiced He's yesterday. Fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. But Zach Redmond. Zach Redmond. This was a great pickup. This really? was a great pickup. For the Amherst. For the Amherst, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. They traded Nick Delorier for him about a year ago, a little before, I think it might have been the day before opening night. Yep. But this was such a good pickup. Redmond was one of their best players last year. The Sabres didn't sign him, but the Amherst signed him to a two-year deal. This guy is a number one defenseman in the AHL. This is a perfect guy for guys like Brendan Gooley and Lawrence Pilot to learn from. Redmond scored two goals yesterday. He is just puck-moving defenseman, good good possession guy, and then a good mentor for these guys, too. He's been he's been around for a, wh- a while. He was mm-hmm. drafted by the Atlanta Thrashers, for God's sakes. That's how you know he's been around for a while. Yeah. So he scored two <laughs> nice goals yesterday. That I is really, how you know it. Yes. <laughs> That's just, we're getting to that point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Redmond, he wears he wears a letter for this team, wears an A. I really like him. He's as like a, a defenseman. He strikes me as like a pro's pro. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I love Zach Redmond. Uh yeah. Lawrence Pilot, three assists. Like same thing with Olofsson. He is there's no development for Pilot and and Olofsson. I think that's just seasoning. Crazy. They have played Several years pro. Several. Mm-hmm. Olafson has played four years pro in Sweden. It's for them. It's just about getting acclimated to the North American ice. That's the same thing with Asplund. Really, mm-hmm. Asplund's been playing in the SHL since he was sixteen. Mm-hmm. He has. He might even have more experience than Olafson pro, and he's younger. So, it's about getting acclimated to North American ice. Asplund, the points really haven't come for him until this game, and of course, two of them were taken away, but. Seems like he's getting he. All three of them are not having any troubles getting acclimated in the North American ice. And I just realized that Brandon Hickey isn't wasn't didn't play yesterday. So wonder why. In the pickup, uh, Jack Doherty as well did not play as well. So that's I. The Baptiste trade is puzzling to me. I I get that he wasn't going to be around here much longer. Right. He didn't make the team, but I think Baptiste can still. Fetch you 15, 20 goals in the AHL. Doherty's gonna be a healthy scratch on most nights, so that's true. I don't, I don't know, but and Justin Bailey, if you didn't tell me that he, he was, if you told me that he wasn't playing, I'd believe you. I maybe noticed him once. He is, he's not good. I think he's, he's just not a good. People, you people, you gotta forget about Justin Bailey. He has been surpassed. He's not a prospect anymore. He's a player, and he's not a good player. He's fast. That's it. But he was a healthy scratch in the second game. Like, come on. Like, just give it up. Justin Bailey's done. At this point, if he shows throughout this season what I've seen from him in these first five or six games, I don't even qualify the guy. Let him go. Like, it's over. It's over. You can forget about 
the the Buffalo boy dream, like it's over. He's not an NHL player, and I don't think he ever will be. And it's sad because he was a second round pick, and we all had a lot of hope for him. And at one point, he was a top five prospect on this team, but that's not the case anymore. He's just he can't he can't do it. No, you win some, and it might some. be it might be a character thing with him because I have some uh, sources that uh, Bailey was going to request a trade if he didn't make Buffalo last year. And I don't know if that happened or not, because clearly he did not get traded. But obviously, considering the fact that he wasn't traded, Baptiste was, and the fact that he didn't get claimed off waivers, uh, there's not a lot of interest in Justin Bailey. So Buffalo has a long history of overrating their prospects. Buffalo fans overrating their prospects. Bailey is one of them. Yeah, we buried him in the minors then, mm-hmm. pretty much. We, uh, He's we, been surpassed. Le'Veon like, Bailey, <laughs> that is to be believed. <laughs> He's been surpassed. Like, Olofsson is much better option than him. Like, Nylander has passed him on the depth chart. He, yeah, he just, just can't get it done. And Alex Nylander, good on him. Good on him. He, good. He, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. He is, I, he does make some turnovers. Okay. Some turnovers, yeah. and it happens. So like, oh well. The best players in the game do that. Yeah, like <laughs> I noticed a couple of times yesterday, uh, they'd pick off one of his passes. Like he'd try to make a D to D pass, and then one of his passes would get picked off. But one thing you wouldn't see last year was him back check for him. Mm-hmm. He, he, like when he back checks, it's fast. Good. It's with purpose and it's with passion, and that's something that you wouldn't notice last year. And he. He seems like he's getting it together, and that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. If there's an injury, I think that Olafson gets the call first, and that's justifiably so because yeah. he has 12 points in, yeah, 10 or 11, 12 points in six games. He leads the AHL in points, and he's been magnificent. So, would you be surprised if one of these days you see an alert from the Twitter, Sabres Twitter pop up that says, the Sabres have recalled Victor Olofsson from Rochester. I would not be surprised. And one thing, I think when this road trip is over, I would send Tage Thompson to the minors. Yeah, Tage... We forgot to talk about that, but... he He's looked... Um, how should I say? He, he's had some good moments. Like, he can control the puck very well. He's got some... He's, he's got some hands to him. He can make some good moves. I'd like to see him shoot the puck more, but he just inconsistency. I think what I've seen is he doesn't have very good balance, and I think that'll come with a guy of his size and especially his weight. He's only weight. twenty. I think people don't. Yeah, he's twenty years old. Right. I yes. think it would be it would do wonders for him if he could work on his skating a bit. I think that's what's really lacking in his game. He he hasn't looked or he's looked physical much more than I thought he would, but. Again, a guy like that, maybe put on more weight, too, yeah. um, and a, he can be a force driving to the net. Imagine having to stop a 6'5", uh, I think he's, what, 195 right now, pounds. Imagine trying to stop a 220, 6'5", man barreling towards the net. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot to put on uh, 25 pounds, but, I mean, crazier things have happened. I think you could do it. The Amherst are 4-2, and two, by the way, not 3-3. Okay. and three. Yeah, because I, I, I think we won three games in a row at one point there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I think they, yeah, because they won. I think they won both games against Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Pilot is uh, tied for second in points in the NHL, by the way. Ten <laughs> points in six games. And Alex Nylander is at 11th with 7-6. Oh, and six. Reed Boucher. Reed Boucher, uh, former Sabre, Sabres legend. Zach Dalpy, six points in five games. So, nice. Good for him. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the... Wait, we had points. Reed Boucher? No, uh, Zach Dalpy. Oh, gotcha. Zach okay. Redman, nine points in six. Harry Zolnerchuk. Wow. The hero of the uh, Predators-Blackhawks game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or oh, series, that is. He left a mark on me. I have another thought on Zach Redman, though. When I say pro's pro, he's he's an older guy, right? He's like 30s. He's probably like 28, 29. 28, still. He strikes me as a guy who, you know, you'll be talking to Lawrence Pilot or uh, another young D-man on our team um, that we're developing down there. Will Borgen. Let's say uh, Borgen played yesterday and didn't notice him much. So <laughs> Okay, well. But a player like him. Really I'll matter. use a player like him as an example, but like you know, he's the type of guy. You know, you're interviewing him at the end of the season, and like, hey, Will, how did uh, older guys like Zach Redman have an effect on you? And he's like, oh, you know, Redman's great. You know, he'd, he'd be the first guy there. He'd I get there at you know seven o'clock the facility. He's already watching film, drinking his coffee. That's what it strikes me as. Because mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I think like around the time Solani was retiring, they were talking to player like his teammates on the ducks at the time and they would say like yeah timu was always the first guy there he'd have his cup of coffee and he'd be you know watching or the older guys would have their coffee and they're watching uh their tape or whatever that's that's what redmond strikes me as he's that that role model guy <laughs> that's what i like to imagine him as cj smith had an assist yesterday as Good. well in six games he has three goals two assists nice like the play the young players are playing well mm-hmm they're playing well, and they're getting production, and that's what you like to see. Justin Bailey has one assist in five games, healthy scratch in one of them. Borgen yet to get a point, but that's okay, really. He's a defenseman. He's not really projected to be a, a point getter. He's more of a defensive defenseman, physical mm-hmm. presence, more of a third-pairing guy at the NHL level. Give him some time. Lawrence Pilot. Two goals, eight assists, ten points in six games. He looks like Tyler Ennis. Kind of does. Mm. But he he needs, to, he needs to be in Buffalo before things go off the rails because I think he can help them a lot. Mm-hmm. He can help them a lot. Like I said before, these guys don't need development. They're already 22, 23 years old. Bring them up. Bring them up. They, there's no... They've acclimated to the North American ice already. It, they're they're ready. Mm-hmm. Olafson and Pilot. I think Olafson. I'd keep him down a little longer. I I think if the thing last year that was a big debate amongst fans was bringing up the guys from Rochester, and those guys weren't Europeans. They weren't European. They they needed the development. They needed to stay down there. And I think some people. You could even make the argument that Brennan Gooley was ruined by coming up mm-hmm. in Buffalo because he was never the same after his call-up. He had a horrible playoff and hasn't looked great at all in Rochester to start. So I think Pilot, Pilot and Olofsson, it won't hurt their development at all if they come up to Buffalo. But personally, I'd keep Olofsson down for another month or so just because... I'd like to see him get, do it more, do it, dominate, just dominate. Mm-hmm. 
I think Pilot, with the state of the defense right now, I think that you can bring him up, and it won't hurt at all if you bring him up. And he's First one of those guys who's who's been playing a while too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Brandon Gooley actually has four assists in six games. You wouldn't know, but mm-hmm. he's he's been okay. I wouldn't say he's been bad, but you expect more out of a guy who is well regarded as one of the best prospects in the organization. Uh, Brandon Hickey. He's played in two games, and remember, he was a little banged up coming out of training camp, so keep that in mind. Jack Doherty, I, I don't even really consider this guy a prospect, to be honest with you. He has one assist in two games. He's a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. Scott Wedgwood, he has a 882 save percentage. Ugh. Two wins, two losses. And Adam Wilcox, he's actually been pretty good. 900 save percentage, two wins, no losses. So, yeah, Rochester, buy, do yourself a favor, buy the AHL TV subscription, $60. If things go off the rails in Buffalo, at least we got the Amherst to watch. Because they're going to be fun. They got Toronto on Friday night, 7 o'clock, I believe. So $60, $60 you can watch that game. You can watch every other game. Uh, I wonder I wonder if they'll make any moves, especially if they get throttled against the Sharks tonight. It's, I think we, we neglected to mention that the Sabres face the Sharks tonight at 10. Yeah, and throughout the course of this discussion on the Amherst, I accidentally typed L right above the Sharks thing, as you can see there. So that's foretelling of this game, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I accidentally <laughs> pressed that. That's ironic. We're going to get smashed. Mm-hmm. I really do think so. I can see it. Uh, prediction, Allmark or Hutton? I think we're going to go Hutton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would go Allmark. I think they should have started Allmark in the Vegas game. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but don't throw Allmark to the Sharks. <laughs> That's true. He's going to get... I'm scared. Might ruin his confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. But the Sabres in the past 10 years or so have had the Sharks number. We have. Yeah. They, they didn't really start taking over until the bad years started rolling in, mm-hmm. for the most part. And I just want to talk about Pilot again, because... <laughs> He is just, he's so good. His passing, so good. He's confident with the, like, you know, like, you see him and he, like, just the way he goes about it on the ice, like, he he is skating, like, it's a confident stride. It's confident. The way he handles the puck, it's just, you can just see the confidence in him. You can just, just the way he stick handles, like, he, it, everything he does has a purpose. He knows what he's going to do with it, and he rarely makes a mistake. Right. He is ready. He is ready. He should have made the team out of camp, and he's proven it to everybody that he should be in the NHL. And I don't think it should take an injury for him to come up, but I think if there is an injury, I'm talking to you, Bogosian. Uh, it's Lawrence Pilot's turn. Yeah, I know. I know. I... I don't think Beaulieu's been so bad. Um, but, I mean, swapping guys in and out of that bottom pairing, it won't hurt. Yeah. I don't I don't think bringing up Pilot for a little bit. Putting will... Pilot with Darlene. Yeah, I don't think it would do Could much harm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want... We... Oh, the Sabres signed Matei Picard. Right. We forgot to talk about that. Yes. Uh, they signed him yesterday. Picard has 11 points in 10 games. I think six goals, five assists. Had a really hot start. Kind of was cooled off point production wise recently but yeah a lot to like about Matei Picard 
Uh, cool, cool your jets on Matei Picar for a little bit here. I've, I'm seeing people saying that uh, he could make the NHL next year. No. Uh, now that he is uh, playing in the OHL, he is locked into the OHL until he's 20. So can't play in the AHL. I mean, he's locked. He can't play in the AHL until he's 20, rather. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be able to just jump into the lineup. I just don't see it. But crazier things can happen. Like uh, Maxime Lejoie in Ottawa is a fifth-round pick, and he's point per game on that team right now. So uh, anything's possible, but I just he's I say he's like three to four or five years away. Jesper Brat last year. Jesper Brat, yes. Mm-hmm. What happened to him? You don't hear out. much about no, him. No, I think anymore. he fizzled out. Yeah. Yeah. We got anything else? We got anything else on the sheet? Nothing else. That was all. Yeah, I was really looking forward to the show. Lines stayed the same for the most part. Uh, Patrick Berglund and Remy Ellie rotating in and out. That's we record pretty early on our Thursday episodes. So yeah. Yeah, I and really apologize. I, Last week we were going to do an episode on Friday, but we came to this to the decision that uh, doing too many episodes a week, doing two episodes a week, oversaturates it. You know. Yeah. So, and then doing them back to back days, like I we look at the listener counts on SoundCloud. Uh, usually, people don't listen right away. Like people got people got lives. Yeah, exactly. they don't they don't listen right away. And sometimes, you know, you'll get a good amount the day after. So I know yeah. I listen to most of my podcasts when I'm doing something else. Like yeah, exactly. Most of them really when I'm playing Xbox or driving. Mm-hmm. So people aren't always And we're going to try and keep it shorter, yeah. shorter as well throughout the season. Keep it short and sweet because, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got hour and 20-minute podcasts, like, who's got time for that? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's all we got for this episode. If you enjoyed, we'd love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeTCBNHL, and you can follow Luke on Twitter as well at LVKETCB. Once again, if you enjoyed, we'd love to hear your feedback, and we will see you next Thursday for episode 8. No, episode 9 of yeah. the Charging Buffalo podcast. See ya.